Welcome to Craft Life, episode 13, No Place Like Home. In this episode, I'll share a so easy, so tasty, and so not good for the waistline breakfast treat. I interview a very special guest. We have a new giveaway winner. And I'm looking to swap some stash. All this coming up in this episode of Craft Life, the podcast all about living the creative life. Thank you for joining me for episode 13. You know, the original title for this episode was The Kitchen Sink because it, it kind of felt like a whole lot of things thrown in there, just kind of everything all in one. But the more I looked at it, the more I realized there was a lot in this episode about home or, or my home in my heart, which is where I grew up and where my family is. So that's why I decided to go with No Place Like Home. I'd like to say a big hello to any of you new listeners out there. Thanks so much for coming in and giving the podcast a try, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you come back for episode 14. If you are a returning listener, I'd just like to say thanks. Thank you for coming back and for joining me once more. I'd like to thank anyone who has left reviews in iTunes. I have seen a few more of those pop up, and that is always such a great encouragement. And thank you for those who are following me on Twitter. I've, I've seemed to be having more Twitter followers lately. So if you're out there and you're, as, as Louise of Caithness Craft Collective would say, if you're a real person and you're following me, tweet me and let me know and I will definitely tweet you back. I've had some really good feedback over the past few episodes and, and that's great. That's such a big encouragement for me. Um, many of you have written in saying that you're really finding the songs enjoyable, and that's wonderful. That really does give me a big kick, but that's something that you are enjoying because I'm having a lot of fun putting those together. I have put a thread in the Craft Life Ravelry group um, looking for your input on some of those songs. I don't have a song for every episode of uh, that will lead us up until Christmas, um, so I'm still in the process of writing and recording those. So if you have something about knitting, some aspect of knitting that you feel just needs a song, leave me some info and tell me about that in that thread. The thread title is Let's Make Beautiful Music Together, and I apologized in the thread for the title, and I will apologize here. It's just so cheesy and I couldn't resist. So that's the name of the thread. Go look for it. You can't miss it. It's in the Craft Life Ravelry group. Like I said, the title of this episode is No Place Like Home. And we're going to get started with the, the good homey feeling with a bit of a recipe. This is the first recipe that I'm bringing you since I've come back from my hiatus. I remember as a child going to, to Sunday school. Every Sunday before church, we would go to Sunday school and... Every now and then, we would have a joint Sunday school where everyone in the church, children, adults, everyone would come together as one big group for, it was usually some special occasion. It might be an Easter program put on by the children or at Christmas time when the families would all take turns putting their family ornament on the Christmas tree. Whatever it is, it would always come with the breakfast. And 
if if you grew up in a church, if you go to a church, especially if you go to a church who loves food, like like my home church loves food, you know that it's always it's always a time to celebrate when people bring food. And it's always a potluck, and inevitably somebody would bring monkey bread. And this would always be my favorite thing. It still is. It's one of my favorite things. It is very easy to make. And like I said in the intro, it is so not good for you, but it's great for just for a treat. And I got I got a hankering for monkey bread this morning and made up a batch. It's got canned biscuits. I'm not sure about our friends overseas. Let me know if you if if you can get canned biscuits. And and by biscuits I mean like rolls biscuits, not like like crack like what we'd consider cracker biscuits. Uh, drop me a line and let me know if you get those overseas. I'm not sure about that, but you cut them up, you shake them up with some cinnamon and sugar, and then you put them in a loaf pan and you kind of top it with this melted butter and brown sugar. It's it's a very caramelly type mixture. And you pour it over and it's so sweet and good. And you bake it and when it comes out of the oven, you're you're lucky if you can keep it around for 10 minutes because it goes so fast. This recipe is so good, in fact, that I gave it as a gift the first Christmas that Adam and I were married. We got married in October, and the day of our wedding, both of us were unemployed for various reasons. I had quit my part-time job shortly before the wedding to look for a full-time job, and Adam had spent the summer working on a salmon fishing boat in Alaska. So he had saved up a little bit of money working that job, but at the time we were both looking for money. So we started off with not a lot. And I still wanted to give, you know, a nice Christmas gifts to my family that year. And so I baked and I gave Christmas goodie baskets. That that was mine and Adam's Christmas gifts that year. And monkey bread was included in those baskets because nobody can say no to monkey bread. So if you would like the recipe for that, you can look on the show notes. It's at www.treacleandinketsy.wordpress.com. That's where you can find the show notes for everything that I've talked about in this episode. One of the people who was gifted with one of those Christmas goodie baskets that year was my sister, Stephanie. Stephanie currently resides in Savannah, Georgia, and she has always had a knack for visual arts like drawing and painting and photography. She's recently taken that skill to the next level and agreed to partner with me by supplying some very unique items to the Treacle and Ink Goes Pink fundraiser for breast cancer research. And she was also kind enough to allow me to interview her here on Craft Life so she can share a little bit about what she's working on and how it directly relates to the goal of the fundraiser. So here is my interview with Stephanie. Well, Stephanie, welcome to the Craft Life podcast. I'm very glad to have you as a guest on this episode. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Well, let's get started. When did you develop an interest in painting and drawing? I'd probably say Happy Land pretty much sparked it for me <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> All right. I Saturday can... morning. <laughs> yes, I know what Pappy Land is. Can you explain for our listeners what is Pappy Land? <laughs> well, it sounds really crazy, but basically Pappy Land was a show with a little old man named Pappy, and he kind of looked like an old miner in his little house with his little puppets that lived on a rocking chair and things like that. And basically he would come up with 
an idea every single day and draw a character. And you would just basically sit in front of the TV and you you draw right along with them in hopes it would look just like his, but, you know, never really did. But that's I, where it came from. I completely forgotten about Pappy Land until you just now mentioned it. <laughs> I remember the creepy little old miner in his rocking chair and he would say, oh, yeah. my goodness, it's quarter to orange. And <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, tell me a little bit about your creative contribution to the Treacle and Ink fundraiser that's going to be going on in October. Well, basically what I'm putting together is a little bit of a collection from myself and from a few of my friends and sisters as well. Um, and it's artwork that is the, the proceeds go to breast cancer when the pieces are sold. But the really unique thing about the artwork is that it's created Basically, it's kind of ironic. It's it's created with your breast for breast cancer. Crazy as it is, it's just artwork that comes out very pretty, like flowers sometimes, um, to help out with the breast cancer awareness. Right, and I I think it's the really neat thing about about the way you're kind of hacking your craft. We've discussed hacking the craft yeah. in a previous episode about using maybe maybe tools that you wouldn't normally use to do something to to come to that finished project. And so in this case, you are painting with my breasts with your breasts that's right and um, I have seen some of your artwork and I think it looks fantastic I've attempted it once (laughs) and mine (laughs) did not come out they did not come out anywhere close to as good as yours so I'm very excited that you are you've agreed to partner up with me and and to to donate some of your works of art because I really think that that is that's what they are they are works of art now I know yeah um, you're helping me out with this fundraiser have you done a fundraiser like this before or is this going to be your first one this will be my first one um because i I started to pursue it last year um whenever the town that i'm in was doing their um race for the cure with susan g coleman and i just didn't have enough time to prepare for the you know the race for the cure i didn't really have too much information on how to get into that because you would think that a fundraiser would be a pretty simple thing to get involved with, but it seems really intimidating, I think, for most people because it's a large group of people. How do you get involved? Um, who do you know there is another obstacle to go over. Um, and it's just getting support behind you. And it was just a short amount of time, but this will be my first one for sure. I, I believe you told me that there was something going on kind of around where you work that you might also be getting involved in. Is that, mm-hmm. is that something that you're going to be pursuing as well? We actually just had that this past weekend. Um, one of the one of the little areas that I work in, they um, the center put together. Um, they kind of planned together. It was a it was kind of like a what do they call it? A biker run for breast cancer, and um, all different businesses had their booths set up out there, and we're just giving out free stuff um, that pertained to breast cancer. Um, and it was really neat. We had a little bit of a turnout. It was um, not as many as we hoped, but we definitely, you know, enjoy anyone who'd come out and support the cause. That's great. And did you have any of your artwork um, for sale at, at this event? No, I didn't. And I'm actually pretty glad that I didn't either because the weather was horrible. <laughs> 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 and... um. And plus, too, because it is so different than, and I've Googled it, I can't find anyone else that's been, that's done anything like the 
work that I've got, um, I, I would like to make it a little bit more exclusive, especially if you're going to do it on um, out of your out of your store and send all your proceeds. I'd rather give you that selection. <laughs> well, I I definitely appreciate that very much. How did you come up with this very specific style of painting, and and why did you decide to go with it? <laughs> well, it basically stemmed off. There's so many people in in our family that have been affected by breast cancer. I mean. There's there's at least two people I can think of that stand out in my mind, and then friends of the family that have also suffered with the breast cancer. But um, but when I came up with the idea of it about a year and a half ago, it's been about a year and a half now. Um, I was just sitting around and I was thinking about my grandmother who passed away from cancer, and I was like, you know, the Susan G. Coleman's coming up soon. I was like, I wonder what what can I do because I'm a horrible runner. <laughs> what can I do to support? And um, it just seemed like what better way to to raise awareness for breast cancer than with what's being affected? <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. Which that are makes your a lot of sense. It turned out very well. I mean, it, it, they turned out a lot better than what I expected. <laughs> they did. I was yeah. very impressed with that first photo that you sent me. And when you first told me what you were doing, it, it took me a minute to wrap my brain around it. <laughs> but once I did, I, I was on board all the way. Now, without going into too much detail. Could you describe your creative process as it relates to these paintings? Yeah. Basically, all I do is um, I get a large sheet or a tarp and I, I get it in a room where there's nobody around me because <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it with, with anyone in there. And um, I nail part of the sheet up on the wall and I have it to where there's enough that drapes across the floor kind of act as a barrier between me and my house. I don't want to get a paint anywhere in my house. And um, then I just nail in another nail in between on the sheet and hang up my canvas there. And then with non-toxic paint, <laughs> um, and there's all different ways you can apply it. And that's part of the, uh, I guess, some of the fun of, of doing artwork like this is there's so many different ways you can apply your paint with your brush. <laughs> um, it's pretty much however you want to do it after that. And it's just really how you're inspired to do it after that. And and the non-toxic is a very important key it's element key. there, correct? <laughs> it's very key. No acrylics. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, other than... Because even I found even with non-toxic, and I guess it just depends on your skin, it, it could be sensitive. <laughs> no, that is very true. I, yes. When I, the one thing yeah. I did, I, I, I was it was quickly reaffirmed. ran to the bathroom. It was reaffirmed to me that the non-toxic was very important. <laughs> yes. Other than the painting and the drawing, do you have any other crafty or creative pursuits that you enjoy? Not too many like crafty things. Like um, like I won't you know I don't get into scrapbooking or anything like that. Um, but really, I like decorating around like seasons and major holidays, um, even the small holidays I like to, to decorate for, um, like even something as simple as just getting a cinnamon broom from the grocery store whenever fall hits and just get some really nice little um, like little flowers that complement the colors of that season and stick them in there and just hang it up somewhere in the house. But that's about it. Do you do any type of DIY projects that are related to your to your decorating? Maybe making the wreath that you're going to hang on your door for decoration. Well, the benefit of my family owning a, a Christmas tree farm is that we do get to make wreaths at Christmas. So there's that nice benefit of a, a wreath-making table. <laughs> and you get to put together your own wreaths and you get to put together, you know, what colors you want in there. What, what crazy little birds did she buy that I can put on here? So <laughs> I like that. I really do like that. That is so true. And helping out. 
making the reads. I know, and I'm so jealous of you because <laughs> I live out here in Texas where I can't get in there and make the reads and make the garland with y'all. So I'm I'm very jealous of you and no. and applause to you for getting to do that because that's awesome that you get to do that. All right. You haven't gotten to do that? I know I did one I did one wreath, I think, last year and I did one row of garland for over the kitchen door. Yeah. Which was I fun. That. I liked it, but mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. well, you know that one of the regular segments on Craft Life is the Southernism segment. So I have to ask you, what is your favorite Southernism and why? Well, I don't really know if you'd consider it a Southernism. But it, it tends to be more in the South, where there's there's two of them, and I don't think that either of them would be considered Southernisms. But okay, well, what's the I first like one? It, I like it when um, at least in at least in really Southern families, people just ask the question, "Eat yet? Eat yet? Did you eat yet?" Yeah. And and a lot of people, people that aren't from the South, I don't believe can really understand what someone's saying when they say that. <laughs> But if I hear that, I know exactly what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> and what do they mean for, for those who may be listening who don't understand? Have you eaten yet? <laughs> Have you eaten yet? Yes. Eat yet. Which is a very important thing because, you know, we're all about hospitality in the South and making sure people get fed is a big Ooh. part of that. Now, what what's your second one? I really enjoy how it usually it's, it's the older generation that'll say it, but they'll always say, bless her soul <laughs> after a lot of sentences. <laughs> just bless her soul and what does that mean (laughs) well it could be a situation where you know someone could be negatively speaking about anyone in general it's a way you can give your opinion but not give your opinion just say just bless her (laughs) just bless her soul so maybe kind of kind of like pointing out a negative about someone but you end it with bless her soul so that it yes it doesn't seem like you're it doesn't seem as harsh (laughs) Yeah, right. it's it's more of oh, I pity her or I pity him. Bless his soul. Bless yeah, <laughs> I bless like their soul. Those are great. Well, Stephanie, is there is there anywhere online or any way that people who maybe are listening to this interview right now um, who would like to get in touch with you with any kind of questions that they might have or? Or would maybe would like to see any of your artwork. Do you have any of it online? I don't think that I have any of it posted up online anymore. Because originally the store that I had set up for it, which was just for um, the Race for the Cure about a year and a half ago, I'm pretty sure that that one's definitely closed down by now. <laughs> um, but if anyone does want to see any of the artwork, they can come to your store whenever you're getting ready to post up all your items for the fundraiser and they can definitely come to Tree Clinique and come see the artwork there. And if they want to pick one up for their house or pick some up, you know, for a gift or anybody, all the proceeds are going to go straight to um, cancer research. That's right. And that is uh, Tree Clinique on Etsy. And I will have everything posted up there and it'll be open October 1st. So if you want to take a look at some of these paintings, you can go on October 1st to the Tree Clinique Etsy shop. And I will have a link to that 
shop on the show notes. And there's also a button on the side right-handed column of the blog. It's a little pink button. It says Treacle and Ink, and you can click that, and that will take you to the shop as well. If you would like to get in touch with Stephanie, you can email treacleandink at hotmail.com. And in the subject line, just put Stephanie, and I will forward those emails on to her. So any kind of questions you might have for her that we didn't cover in this interview, go ahead and email them to me at the Treacle and Ink at Hotmail. Com. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us for this episode, and I can't wait to see the artwork that you have. So as soon as you get them done, send me pictures because I can't wait to see. And I'm <laughs> sure our listeners are looking forward to seeing what you have to come up with as well. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Over the past few weeks, some of you have made your way over to iMake. You've made your way over to iMake on Folksy and on Etsy, and you have enjoyed checking out some of the items that Martine has to offer for sale. Martine has been kind enough to sponsor a giveaway here on the Craft Life Podcast. And for those of you who did go and check out her shops and leave me a comment in the thread in the Craft Life Ravelry group, letting me know which one of her things you liked the best... You have been entered into the drawing, and today we have the winner. I have plugged in all of your comment numbers into the random number generator, and the number that came back was 18, and that is Red's Knits, also known as Eileen, who said, I'm into the red hammered leather too. Great look for Montana. Eileen, I couldn't agree more. Congratulations on your win, and I will be getting in touch with you soon to find out your shipping information so that Martine can get you your beautiful red leather hand-stamped cuff. And thanks again to Martine for sponsoring the giveaway, and if you haven't had a chance to do so yet, go and check out her podcast, I Make. You can find it at www.imake.gg, as well as on iTunes. As always, I've been doing a bit of knitting the past few weeks. I am trying to get back into the swing of things with my baby knitting, my baby blankets and baby hat knittings that I do with Threads of Grace at church. And I have finished two baby blankets, yes, and I have cast on a pumpkin hat because it is September, which means Halloween is next month and Thanksgiving is the month after that, and so it is... It is the season to knit pumpkin hats, and they're so cute. And they all look so different. You would think with a bunch of ladies knitting pumpkin hats that it would they would just kind of get boring, but they're not. They all look completely different, and I'm so impressed with everybody's work. So I'm very glad to be doing that. I've also cast off my Ishbel. Yay! I finished it. I finished it, and I blocked it. And I have to say that I was really happy with the blocking. I mentioned that I knit this in in a not, in a not so impressive yarn. I mean, it's nothing special. It is uh, some acrylic nylon blend yarn that I found at a garage sale, and it has worked out beautifully for this Ishbel. I pinned it and I steam iron blocked it. I just held the steam iron just above the yarn, just above touching, and you could just see the yarn move as the iron passed over it. It was kind of kind of creepy but but neat at the same time and by the time I was finished it was almost completely dry so there was there was no really dry time that I had to wait I was able to take the pins out and pick it up and put it on immediately so I was very excited about that 
So excited, in fact, that I was kind of sad that it was over. So what did I do? I did what you do. I cast on a new project. This time it is the Holden Shawlette by Mindy Wilkes. And this is in a deep red color. It is the same type of yarn that I used to knit Ishbel. So I'm hoping it's going to kind of work out, work out about the same way. The reason I picked this shawlette, I was looking for for a pattern similar to Ishbel, nothing too big, something I can kind of wear as a scarf that had a little bit of lace. And as I was reading the pattern information about the Holden shawlette, it turns out that Miss Wilkes based her idea for this pattern around vacations that she spent at the beach. She mentions going on vacation to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, with her family and watching the waves dancing across the shore. And that's kind of where she got the idea for the shawl. I grew up going to Myrtle Beach every year for family vacations. It's it's one of my favorite memories that kind of kind of thread throughout the history of my life is, is all of these vacations at Myrtle Beach. So as soon as I read that, I knew this was the shawl I had to cast on. And so I have, and I am just about to the end of the stockinette section ready to move into the lace. So I will keep you posted on how that goes. And that is about all that I am currently knitting. But that is not all that I'm doing yarn-wise. I made the declaration in episode 12 that it was time for me to start photographing my projects and getting pictures put up on Ravelry. I have done that with a few projects. As a matter of fact, if you go and check out my project page, you can see Ishbel. It is being modeled by Pemberley, my very lovely little doggie. Um, she looks so much better in it than I do, and so I had to put her picture up there. I'm very proud of that. I also have a picture of the first ever hand spun that I did. I knit into a bookmark that is an extremely chunky bookmark, and I don't think I will ever use it to actually mark a book, but it's a, it's a good little way to save my first hand spun. But more than the project pictures, I have been photographing my stash because it is time to take my own advice. Well, kind of. I have made a decision that I'm going to try really hard. You notice I'm not saying I'm not going to. I'm going to try really hard to not pay retail for yarn between now and the end of the year. And the reason that I say I don't want to pay retail price is because if I find a ball of yarn at a garage sale for a quarter, I'm going to pick it up. I mean, I just cannot pass that up. But we are looking to save up some money to make a major purchase at the beginning of next year. And so I'm trying to look for ways that I can, can save a little bit here and there. And the not spending a lot of money on yarn is one of those. And that's okay because I often find yarn at garage sales, at thrift stores, um, and I'm often gifted with yarn that comes from places such as these. So this is, this is not going to be such a hardship. However, one thing I never ever see at a garage sale or a thrift store or a secondhand shop is fiber for spinning. This is something I never see. So I'm trying to figure out how I can avoid a fiber fast between now and Christmas. So. Here's what I've decided to do. I'm taking my advice from episode 12 and I'm looking at maybe doing some sort of stash swap. I'm in the process of posting a large amount of my stash on my stash page in Ravelry and I am looking to trade. If you have any fiber for spinning that you would be willing to part with in exchange for some yarn, some fiber that's already spun, have a look at my stash page and if you see anything you like, 
shoot me a message on Ravelry and let me know. Let me know what you'd like. Let me know what you'd like to trade for it and we'll go from there. So maybe I can convert some of this yarn into fiber and I can keep up the spinning between now and the end of the year as well as the knitting. So go have a look. I'll have a link to my stash page on the show notes. So I look at my stash and there is a lot of yarn there. I mean, there is. If I just decided to start knitting and just knit through my stash, it would take me quite a while, quite a while. But it doesn't seem to matter how much is in the stash. When you walk into the yarn shop, you know you're going to find something that you just need to take home with you. There's just no way to avoid it. You can't help it. No matter how much you want, there's always that fabulous skein of yarn that you you want to bring in with you. You always want just a little bit more. So if you are like me and you have faced this same dilemma of having so much in your stash and yet still wanting so much more, today's song is for you. Wouldn't you think I'm the girl, the girl who has too much yarn? Look at this store, treasures untold. How many wonders can one yarn shop hold? Looking around here, you think it's got everything. I've got acrylic yarn skeins aplenty. I've aluminum needles galore. And my 10-inch size fives, well, they're a bit bendy. Synthetic does the trick, but I want more. I want a hank of Blue Moon Fiber Arts. I want to play with a ball of nitpicks. Walking around, I see, what's that over there? Noro. <laughs> Knitting with red heart only gets you so far I'm ready to move on to something nicer Strolling these aisles I spy What's on that shelf there? Malabrigo I find Madeline Tosh and Debbie Bliss Is there anything better in the world than this? All around me Wish it could be part of stash What would I give if I could knit all day with cashmere What would I pay to get to play with some kiviet What would it take to get to make a project with Rowan Kid Silk Haze Cabled Sweater What could be better I'd love to find out I know there's a shelf of indie hand-dyed yarns Somewhere around here I've got to find it All this fiber calling out to me What can I do?
As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email treacleandink at hotmail.com. You can find show notes for this episode and all of the other episodes at treacleandinketsy.wordpress.com. You can find me on Ravelry and Facebook as Treacle and Ink. And you can join the Craft Life group on Ravelry and you can follow me on Twitter as Craft Life. Join me in the next episode when we'll discuss patronage in the arts. No, really, we will. And it'll be fun. Until then, thanks so much and have a great week. Thank you.